Welcome to the pursuit of wealth, where the H is surrounded by abundance. Today, we want to welcome you with open hearts, open arms, and an open mind to what will be a wonderful conversation. Today, we want to bring to you Rebecca Fox. Now, Rebecca Fox is currently working at Escapist CrossFit in Berlin, Germany. She is a level one CrossFit trainer. She is also certified nutrition coach through Precision Nutrition. As well, Rebecca is also a transformational life coach. She is also the owner and operator of Reframe Life Coaching. So we want to welcome you, Rebecca, to the pursuit of wealth today. I notice it here. You know, I mean, some people, you know, just, you know, kind of, I don't know if it's like a German thing, but like spatial awareness is sometimes like, I, I don't know where they learned where they didn't learn it, but um, you know, like in a, in a queue in, in a grocery store or the pharmacy, it's like people have like no idea, you know, what's going on, but I've never seen anybody. And I'm a public transit taker. Like I've never seen any incidences on the bus in the subway in stores of somebody not wanting to wear masks. Yes. We have a you know, a, a community of people, you know, in this city that are just, you know, not into the masks and they protest, or I know a couple of people that are, that have not, they don't test, they don't, they're not getting vaccinated, but there are very few and far between. Mm-hmm. So the town I live in, it doesn't. So, you know, but some of the ones that are around me are, you know, outside of like, hospital settings or doctor offices and things like that, you know, it's, it's a little bit more sort of open, but not for the schools. And I find that that is the piece that I, that I, I struggle with the most, you know, this is her first experience with school and, you know, yeah, great. She's not getting sick like they normally would, but okay. As soon as we unmask them, what's going to happen? They're all going to get sick because they haven't been exposed to it. So, mm-hmm. you know, for me, they said they were only do it through September because they at first were like, nope, it's the kid's choice or the parent's choice, really. But unfortunately, um, they haven't let that up. But it's, I haven't heard of anyone getting sick. I haven't heard of anything, anything, anything. So I also don't pay attention to it because um, I am a little bit more on the propaganda side of things. And yeah, nobody's talking about staying healthy. Everybody's just talking about, oh, I've had my jab, so I don't have to worry about it now. Mm-hmm. No. no, but then, but then half the people that I knew that had the vaccine were the ones getting sick. So yeah. I, I just, you know, and, and then it's like, none of it makes sense. Right. So I can't go on a vacation with my daughter. I can't take her on a plane, but I could drive. Okay. That doesn't make sense. My mom just went to, you know, Barbados. Well, they can't get on the plane unless they have been COVID tested 72 hours before that doesn't make sense. Right. They are putting in these 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 things, but none of it makes sense. If you're so worried about covid, it wouldn't be a 48 hour test. Yeah, because what can happen in 48 hours? Right. That's not even 72 hours. It, it doesn't make sense. And now as soon as you're sick, you have to get tested. That doesn't make sense. It's cold and flu season. Kids are getting runny noses. You know what I mean? Like it's going to happen. So none of it makes sense to me Now that you can't. They're imposing these things, but there's, there's, it doesn't make sense. So that's what I'm like, I, I'm not following. I'm not following because it doesn't line up. You're just telling me to be a sheep and I'm just not into that, but I have no choice. So 
it's like, I don't want to be, but what am I supposed to do? You know, I prefer not to send my daughter to school with a mask because I think that her social engagement is far more important. That's where I stand. She eats her fruits and vegetables. I give her vitamin D. She gets a vitamin C every morning and a squirt of zinc. She's good. I am not concerned at all. I'm more concerned about her wearing a mask, seeing her teachers with a mask and not being able to perceive people's facial features. And that just goes into our society as well. I mean, you can't even be kind to people. Well, you can in an outward way, but not from a visual way when we're all masked up. You just can't. And so it takes all of that away and it hides us. And I just think that it's way more important. I And I know people have gotten sick and I know, you know, I'm not trying to sound like it's, I don't believe in the illness. That's not what I'm saying. I just, I feel like we need a little bit more freedom as human beings to decide for ourselves and make the choices that we deem. If you are a severe, you know, if you are an as, you know, an asthmatic person, if you do have, you know, pretty severe diabetes, if you do have cancer, things like that, then, then yeah, then that's, that's your obligation to yourself, to your health, to wear the mask, wear the gloves, hand sanitize, stay away from people. But I, you know, it's hard to, to play that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I'm trying to be as sensitive as possible because I do understand it. I'm not, you know, but it just doesn't make sense <laughs> before we lose it. <laughs> well, and that's, and that just comes to wellness in general. We are as a society, uh, we wait for things to happen before we decide it's time to do something. And there's about 75 ways that your body has told you before. Yeah. But we're so not in tuned as a society to our body, to ourselves and our own inner emotions, let alone our body in what it's telling us, because it's always giving you data. It's always giving you feedback. It's always giving you information. But what do you do with it? A headache is information. Mm-hmm. Hunger is information. Restlessness is information. Shaking your leg in an anxious way is information. Our body is constantly giving us information, but we're so not in tune to our bodies anymore that we just ignore it until all of a sudden we're at the doctor's office with this terrible diagnosis saying, I can't believe my body failed me. I, I, I you know, but it's not. Why did this happen? Yeah, why is this happening to me? And it's, it's in those moments that it's like, well, but wait a minute, how many different signs did you have months before that? If not years before that, he had symptoms. And that was something that he preached after. There's nothing you can do about a stage four brain tumor. It's, it's your demise. But what he kept trying to tell people was don't ignore things because he ignored the numbness in his hand. He ignored his migraines. He ignored his occasional blindness. He ignored all of these things mm-hmm. and chalked it up as stress or this or that. And that's another huge piece of it too. When we get into the world of stress, stress is a killer. And it's actually... The reason why we get so sick most of the time, because our bodies are just so raveled or unraveled or wound up so tight that they can't even breathe more or less. Well, they don't, yeah, they don't have the, what they need. And Rebecca, I mean, that, that's a perfect lead into what you do, talking about Mm -hmm. mindset, talking about nutrition, talking about, you know, wellness in general and fitness. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, how... How do you approach clients who come to you and say, well, I don't know what happened. You know, it's just, yeah. So there's, I mean, there's a couple of things that I live by is that, you know, and I, and um, Tiffany, I want to address what you just said because something very close to, to, to my life um, happened recently because he, because he avoided symptoms, but um, 
you know, I, I believe that you can't get fit until you are healthy. Right. And I mean, you can try your best, but if you are not fundamentally healthy, um, you're not going to, you're, you're not going to achieve, you know, the desires that you, that, that you wish for. Right. So when I start working with people, whether it is in, you know, the CrossFit box, whether this is mainly what I do, um, or, you know, coaching, you know, I ask them, you know, like, what is your lifestyle? Like, what is your stress? Like, what did you, how do you sleep? Right. Um, do you feel rested? Right. What are your stress levels? Like, do you enjoy, you know, when, when people don't even enjoy training because they're so stressed, it's like, that's, that's a marker. Right. So I ask, you know, very like holistic questions kind of leading to like, are you fundamentally happy? Is there a peace in your life? Right. What are your surroundings? Like, what is your environment? Um, and that's kind of how I gauge how we will kind of proceed to work. You know, um, you have to, I have, I have a client who, who would always say, you know, you, you got to take out the trash. <laughs> um, but, but what I mean is that, you know, you have to look at your life as a whole and, and decide, you know, what is worth keeping, what is worth, you know, what does being healthy mean to you, right? At the end of the day, what do you want your body to do for you? Mm-hmm. You want to carry, you want to be able to carry your kids. You want to be able to like go on a swing with your kids. You want to be able to like climb this. Well, I, I live in Germany. So, I mean, like we have a, like a lot of walk-ups that like carry the groceries up the stairs, you know, maybe four or five flights of stairs. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, if you're not a healthy person, you can't do that. You can't live. And in being, um, in that kind of area, just naturally, there is more physical activity that you do. Yes, there is. Yes. Yes. I think just like the lifestyle is different. Like, you know, like I said, like people live in like walk-ups, right? They're not driving to into their garage. You know, people have to climb stairs, you know, whether you're, you know, a hundred pounds or 500 pounds, you know, you got to get home. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And you weren't always like this. Is that right? Or did you kind of have this inkling of a sensation that I need to live a healthy life, especially when you began as a young person going to musical theater, you had to care about your at least some part of your breath, some part of your, your singing, your performance, you had to be yeah. conscious of your facial expressions, your movements, very controlled. Um, so what part of your life did health play or what was going around your life at that time? Um, I mean, it really, you know, so funny. Cause I can like, I can break it up into so many like little moments in my, or like kind of little, small chapters in my life. Like I remember when I first joined a gym, you know, and what that felt like. Um, but you know, really for me, what, what the biggest thing was for me is when I kind of, when I joined the CrossFit box as a member, as somebody that just kind of, you know, like I had, I had a young baby and I was, you know, I, I did some things like spinning, but I, I just wanted to have a, healthier. I I wanted to challenge myself physically. Um, but what happened to me was once I started doing it 
and my mindset around it self-motivation changed, right? Um, you know, going into going into a workout and kind of looking at it and, and I'm going to do what? Like, how am I going to get through this? You know, I would speak little mantras to myself <laughs> and um, I would focus on my breathing. And over time, it started to change the things that I would think about in the day, the way that I would go about, you know, daily life challenges, relationships with people in my life, nutritional choices, um, my kind of pursuit of <laughs> optimization or, or being, you know, the best version of myself um, started to like, it's, like changed from like within me from a deeper level, understand like determination much more so than, than even when I was doing musical theater and I was kind of pounding the pavement, I was living in New York going audition to audition to audition, the spiritual side, I guess of it started to like, just, it just spoke to me. Yeah. How did, how did you find CrossFit in the first place? Like what compelled you to go and try it? Um, I have my cousins in Toronto. They did it for many years. Um, they started off as kind of like as kids doing it. And I just watched these kids, my cousins just kind of like grow into these men. And I, I saw, you know, their mother, my aunt would post videos and I was like, that looks pretty cool, you know, but I never thought, I never thought about trying it myself. And then I don't know. I literally said to my husband one day, like, Oh, I think I'm going to try CrossFit. <laughs> and so I found a box and um, walked in with my stroller one afternoon. And it was just like, I, if I would have known, it's like, you know, you, that question, like, oh, what would you tell your younger self? You know, it was like, if I look back on that now, man, I wish it would have started years earlier. And, um, but I literally just found it. And I, and it's funny because in CrossFit, typically, because you learn, certain movements, um, like Olympic lifts, um, gymnastic skills, um, in many places they do on the, in almost all places you do onboarding and you learn these specific movements with a coach. Sometimes they do it in like group form. Um, but I asked, I said, well, I don't want to do it in a group. I want to do it on my own. So I can really just like understand these movements. And they said, great, fine. So I, I did a bunch of sessions on my own and just kind of jumped right into group classes. Um, fell like head over heels yeah and I remember waking up you know because I would do the 6 30 a.m class and I'd wake up and like my body was really sore <laughs> from the day before my shoulders and it would kind of like crack or whatever and I was like I don't know how I'm going to get through this next class or how I don't know how I'm going to do this today and then as soon as my body was warm I would just get into it and the pain or the there's no word in English for like muscle burn, but there's a word in German called muskelkarte. Um, and that would just kind of go away. Your body would get warm. And, uh, I, and I saw my body changing, but it's like, I saw my mind changing and it was just, man, I never thought that I would, that I would experience that from like a quote unquote, like fitness class. Yeah. It's a trip. So <laughs> what is more difficult auditioning or CrossFit? 
I mean, there, there are workouts that I coach, I, you know, that I do myself that, you know, I say like, if you do this on your own, you will become a different person. Like it will change you because the way you push yourself, the way you push your, like your physical limitations, your threshold really is a test of your, like the self-belief and resiliency. The resiliency, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think one of the the most important sort of reasons why, you know, I think when you're not in CrossFit and you get around somebody who, who does CrossFit, it's like enough with the CrossFit. But I think the big piece that, you know, if you've never experienced something, you can't possibly know. Yeah. And what CrossFit does very well, and I think you'll agree with that, is it's a very large community, which you don't get in most other other circles yeah. in that way. So you're not only just showing up for yourself, but you're showing up for other people, not yes. because they need you, but because there's a collective. Yeah. You know, and it's like you're doing something extremely hard, but you're doing it with others. And the other piece of that is, is there is no, at least not in, in, in the places that I've I've worked out in there's no race. There's no competition. Everyone is struggling at their own struggle. Everyone is lifting at their own weight and it's all hard. And I know that sometimes I'm very tall. And so I would work out with, um, women who aren't as tall as me. And naturally I can lift more too, because I'm just bigger. And they would say, Oh, you can lift so much more. And I'm like, but your 65 pounds is my 95 pounds. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? And you're still doing something super duper hard for yourself. And I'm still cheering you on just like you're cheering me on. Yeah. It doesn't matter, but take the weight off the barbell. It, it, it doesn't matter. You're seeing my struggle and you're seeing my completion. And you're proud of me for that. Yeah. I'm proud of me for that. Yeah. You're proud of you for that. Because I think what we all know is that the first time we walked into a CrossFit box, we could do, we couldn't do very much at all. And then you spend a couple of weeks in there and you look back and go, that was so heavy three weeks ago. And now, wow, this is amazing. Yeah. But there's other people who recognize that too. Like the first time you get a pull-up, it doesn't matter if you've been working on pull-up for 10 years, you're going to have just as many people cheering you on. Yeah. And I, and I think that that's, that's the large piece of CrossFit that if you've never experienced it, you can't possibly understand and yeah. I know for me, the first time I walked into a CrossFit box, I had, you know, was playing sports and I just was like, I need something more than just the gym because it's just, you know, yeah. back tries back, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, come on. Okay. I'm not lifting for a competition. And I walked into this tiny little box. I had called a couple of places and this one guy, he was a younger guy. And I was like, Hey, my knee's kind of acting up, you know, but I want to try CrossFit. And so he was the one who was like, okay, if it's, we'll, we'll try different range of motions. And he really was prescriptive with how he was going to help me with my knee. And, and, and unfortunately, sometimes it's not across the board with all CrossFit places. So it is wise to find one that suits you best because they're mm -hmm. not all the same and they're not for everyone. Meaning each box is going to have its own flair, its own, you know, sort of flavor. Right. And so I walked in and there was four people in the class. It was a really tiny box. It was my favorite place in the whole entire world. And they were all over 60. And they were crushing it. There was this one woman, I'll never forget. She's near and dear to my heart. She was just on a box doing one-legged squats. Yep. 
Excuse me? That's so cool. You give me hope. <laughs> yeah, you have no idea. His parents were in the class doing it. There was another um, older couple. They were, you know, 50s, 60s. This entire group, it was actually probably more than four. They were all far older than me. And I'm walking in there and I was completely humbled. And it didn't turn me away. It was like, oh, if they can do that, I can do that. Yeah, we have one. We have a one in our little town, our little village, and um, I. They had a booth at a uh, market one day, and I walked up because I was just curious if they had just regular gym membership. And I, I walked up and said I'd like some information, and the guy just looked me up and down, and then turned around and walked away. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I guess that's not the place for me. Yeah, and that was my first impression of CrossFit. So, yeah. I mean, like, unfortunately, yeah, like, you're not gonna, like, you're, Timony, like, you're right, like, you have to find the place that's right for you, right. for sure. Um, when I, when I decide, so I did the precision nutrition course, and as a present to myself, <laughs> I decided to do my level one um, CrossFit certification, not thinking that I wanted to be a coach, but just learn more. Right. Um, and I was kind of coming off this high of doing PM because I was just like, I would say to my husband in the morning, like after like studying a chapter, I was like, Oh, I feel so honored to be doing this, like reading this stuff. Cause I loved it so much. And so then I decided to, as a like gift to myself, I decided to do the level one, not going in there, you know, thinking about becoming a CrossFit coach. And I left there going back to my boxing. Like, I think I need, I, I think I would like to work here. <laughs> um, just because like there, the, where I train and, um, the level one methodology and PN, everything would just seem to be like lining up. Um, and it, it, they, the integrity was all very much the same, very holistic. And, um, yeah. And so, so when, once I did the level one, I was, um, that whole seminar, you know, you understand fitness, you understand health, you understand why we are doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, yeah, that kind of pushed me more into wanting to just to coach and to, you know, get people to get their first pull-up because, or like get people like that, you know, we're always fearful of jumping the rope because they couldn't do it in high school and like teaching somebody how to do that. Oh my God. It's, it is, it is so humbling. That's great. You guys are making me want to do this now. It just sounds like (laughs) me too. Yeah. I need to move to a bigger city. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, so, so how does the life coaching fit in? Like, where did that fall into the, into the with, with life coaching? That was something that was kind of even, even before CrossFit. I mean, I had always under, like, I knew what life coaching was. Um, and, um, I decided to, to, invest in, um, in a, in a life coaching course. Um, actually a few years, even before I decided to, to do CrossFit or to join a CrossFit box, it was just kind of something that was in my head. I was teaching, I was 
working here as a performer and a singer, but I was also teaching at a conservatory. I was working with like, you know, kids in their like, you know, early twenties at a, at a musical theater conservatory. And I was directing them. I was working with them on their material. And most of the stuff that I was working with them on was coaching, confidence building, you know, asking questions that provoke, you know, deeper answers. And so then I started kind of looking around for a course um, that would suit me um, because there's a million out there mm-hmm. and a million of them are promising this and that. And so I found a course that I liked their methodology and what they were, what they kind of stood behind, um, which is transformational coaching. And, uh, and so I decided to do that and um, went through that built up all of my, my hours, my practice hours and um yeah, graduated from that course, got certified. And so now I, I mean, in my coaching, I do, it really depend depending on my clients. I mean, I have most of my nutrition clients, you know, I'm using tools from my transformational coaching. I'm also using, you know, other tools that I have, like a lot of the PM stuff and vice versa, you know, I, for my, clients that are, that have, you know, no interest or we're not talking about nutrition. I use a lot of PNs, um, practices and, and their, you know, their, their push pull wheel mm-hmm. of control, all of these things. Sure. Um, so I kind of combine them all, but, um, life coaching gave me tools to push people forward, coming from like a place of present, not looking at their history. Yeah. Well, very cool. Well, you're in good company uh, because we're all also PN grads. Uh, yeah. Julie is a level two PN grad, oh, cool. um, and Tiffany and I are PN one. Yeah. Uh, so we we all about, definitely know the power of tools. I've been <laughs> thinking about doing the level two at some point. It's amazing. Is it? Okay. It cha- it changed me as a person. Yeah. In, in very positive ways. Um, and it took me from, and, and now you already have experience coaching, which I didn't. I have a 25 plus year career in corporate human resources. So, oh, wow. so getting into this was always a passion of mine. And I studied, I was a holistic nutritionist years ago and dabbling in it, but um, much more on the preachy side. It's like, no, no, you can't eat that. You should be eating this. And, you know, not really understanding my own, um, limitations there about how that wasn't helping anybody and after we moved to Italy I just decided to pursue it more so went through level one and then thought well I have to do level two now because I need to know how to coach this properly and that's and that was really what it gave me was that confidence and understanding that you know there is no one right way yeah and and everybody is so every single client is so different yes yeah they're all going to perceive health in a different way and i'd like to you know that term is something that is thrown around a little too easy because when we're talking about health i don't believe that you should ever be talking about it outward you can only really suggest it inward Mm -hmm. because what is healthy to me we have four people here the four of us will determine one thing 
to be on a different spectrum of health for all of us. And it's not right or wrong. There is no right or wrong. It just is what it is. It's how we perceive it. It's what we know, you know, and sometimes it's like, you know, well, this person isn't eating something healthy, but wait a minute, that might be the healthiest thing, the healthiest thing that they've consumed today. So who are we to suggest what is healthy or what isn't healthy, you know, unless you're speaking of it inward. And as I always say, it's always on a continuum. You know, everyone's nutrition is on a continuum. It's never static. It's always going to change and evolve. And so, you know, we live in a society where that term is, is, you know, you'll see it on foods everywhere, whole grain, heart healthy, blah, 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 blah. But what does it mean to you? You know, I was tasked recently with um, trying to help, you know, sort of, you know, define a training for nutrition in an overview. And so someone was like, well, what about teaching them how to read food labels? And I was like, but that's great. But why? Well, so they'll know. And I was like, but if there's no why behind the food label, then we're all going to look at this food label and, and deem it something based on our own. Oh, well, this only has 12 grams of sugar. So to me, that's healthy. You might say, well, there's a lot of sodium and that's not healthy for me. I might say, well, there's sucralose in there. There's artificial flavors. I, I, that's out. I can't have that. And you might be like, well, there's, there's good fat in there. So that to me is right. Like it's such a, it, it, it's, we're all going to look at it in such a different way. And so for me, you know, like you were talking about before, Rebecca, I got bumped off my internet, but if we approach, and I think that we all do this, and I, I did hear it from you, is it's not, we, we're okay, we're going to start with nutrition. Well, that's great. Well, let's back it up. You want to start with fitness. That's great. Okay, let's back it up. Because the foundation of our house is always our emotional side. Mm -hmm. And you can layer whatever you want in this pyramid after. And, and, and it's a personal thing. I might layer my, you know, emotional side or, you know, my, my, my spirit, right? Like my character, like who I am as a person at the bottom, but then next, maybe sleep is next for me, but for you, it might be nutrition. And for Julie, it might be fitness and there's no right or wrong, but how are we going to build your house? Because if you haven't even walked in the door of your own self, then nutrition isn't going to save you. Fitness isn't going to save you. They can help you, but they won't save you. You need to get in here first. Yeah. And that's why I love your approach, Rebecca, because like you say, and I, I have the same approach. I think we all have the same approach that each person is an entire person. We aren't just looking at what are you eating? We're looking at how are your stress levels? How are you sleeping? As you said, you know, what, what do you, what else do you feed yourself and who are you feeding when you sit down at the table? What's that self-talk? Yeah. 100%. Something that even I've changed really recently in the past couple of months is, you know, the, like the, the terminology that I use with clients, you know, because I, you know, for so long, because I mean, in the CrossFit world, we, we do use the word goal a lot, you know, what's your goal, you know? And I just, I decided, you know, for like nutrition purposes and life life coaching or lifestyle purposes, I think that the word desire is so much more valuable because, you know, when you say you have a goal, I mean, that has, you know, it's like, I always use the analogy of like, okay, like the wedding dress, right. You know, I want to, I want to lose like 20 pounds to get into my wedding dress. That's like, that's my goal, you know, but when you're talking about somebody, you know, who needs to lose, who needs and wants to lose weight, um, for longevity, you know, it's not about a goal weight. 
it is about a desire, you know, and then inside of that is, you know, like in PM, like the why beneath the why, Mm -hmm. right. And the stronger we can build that why and that foundation, that desire will become much stronger. And the pursuit of that will become much, um, much more emotionally connected and sustainable. Yeah. Yeah. And, And I think that when you're looking at that word goal, it can be a little, limiting limiting yeah. you know and i think well, the reason that's is, the end point right there's nothing exactly yeah. well and it's just it's it's what's to be achieved but there's so much more that if you're only focused on that one thing there's so much more you're missing about the journey yeah and what you think today 20 pounds might not be what you you know you you think in a couple of weeks because perhaps you know you've worked in on loving yourself and maybe that was the biggest thing. And now all of a sudden that number is a flitting thing. It doesn't really mean much, but if you can wake up every day and just love yourself or, you yeah. know, it, you know, if you say, okay, well, I'm going to walk into the CrossFit gym and I'm going to snatch, you know, 155 pounds. Okay. Well, that's great. Well, we're going to start with just a barbell, but what about when you start to add weight? That's, that's pretty awesome. It doesn't matter that you didn't get to this, you know, erroneous goal that you just made up, right. <laughs> it's kind of like that 20 pounds that like, they're just things that we're attaching to it, but it's not, it's not intrinsic. It, it, it just, it's, it's an extrinsic thing that we're attaching ourselves to. Yeah. Well, I want to lose 20 pounds. Well, if that's all you're focused on, you're missing everything in between. Yeah. You're missing your journey. You're not even there on it. You're a passenger on your own journey. You yeah. should be yeah. in the driver's seat to it. Yeah. That's really cool. So you said you were in performing arts like from a, a young age. How did that all start? My mother. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, she, gosh, you know, she put me into singing lessons at very young, five, like my daughter's age, you know, and um, and just kind of started putting me in, yeah, voice lessons and programs and programs that you had to audition for. So, you know, that was my world. That's kind of all I knew. And as I kind of got older, I was doing, um, you know, I grew up in Vancouver, professional theater in Vancouver, um, festivals and kind of, you know, I mean, high school was, was there, but it wasn't my focus and getting into college wasn't, of focus, it was getting getting into musical theater school. <laughs> that was that was kind of after I graduated. So I auditioned for a couple of schools, uh, got into the one that I wanted to in New York. Went to New York, seventeen years old. Went there. My mom dropped me off, and uh, yeah, started started um, did did a pretty amazing program there. I worked my butt off, um, and you know, it's really it was really like a, like a finishing school. I taught, I, I, I got taught so much. I had incredible teachers, not all of them, but some of them were, were really incredible. Um, and then right after I graduated, just kind of auditioned, even in, even before you graduate, I think the semester before you graduate, you start, you know, they bring in agents, you start auditioning for agents and, but you're just kind of auditioning for out in the world um, for Broadway, off Broadway, you know, off, off Broadway. <laughs> um, 
everything you you look in the village voice and literally at that time it was you get the village voice I think it was like on Thursdays mm-hmm. and um and you go and highlight the auditions and go so what what yeah. are the I mean what are the the what do you think the top skills are that you learned during that time that can that relate to what you're doing now um uh, I mean, it's such an easy answer is like perseverance, <laughs> but really it's, I mean, inside of that is just like building up a thick skin, mm. building up a thick skin um, because it's it not only out on the streets of New York or in like the audition rooms, was it tough? It's, and it was really more like the waiting rooms that were harder, like where all the people going to audition and you got 35 other girls, maybe a hundred other girls, and they're all wearing some form of dress from Forever 21. You know, we had like five dresses in our bags because we were going to five auditions that day. Um, but yeah, just, you know, building that thick skin um, and working hard, you know, um, that's what it taught me. And kind of, and, and just and showing it, up, I would imagine. Yeah. Showing up. Yeah. Yeah. No matter the weather, no matter your feelings. Yeah. And also kind of being prepared, being prepared, knowing what it means to be prepared. Yeah. Well, and I think the other probably darker side of that is you probably heard a lot more no's in your life than most people do. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of no's. And that, that is a challenge all in its own, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. But it's more of the Thank you so much. Yeah. You. <laughs> you know, it's that, that <laughs> smile. And you're just like, oof, that is a hard no, you know? Right, right. Um, so, it's, yeah, yeah. But then sometimes you get a surprise, you know, and you get a call, you know, a day later, a month later. Um, and that was always very, that was always very cool. And, uh, yeah, and then, and then, you know, but then going into, going into a show, going into rehearsals, you know, you kind of become this like weird family uh, for a period of time. And then y'all go off and do something else. And yeah, yeah. But I, you know, I, I knew that I, I didn't know at the time, but maybe something deep inside of me knew that I wasn't always going to do this. So, hmm. yeah. mm-hmm. I, think, I think the, you know, what you touch on saying no, I think that's a really important thing when you know, we talk about feedback because I know a lot of people there's a woman I talked to today well I tried that and it didn't work well I tried that and it didn't work I'm just you know I'm so it just doesn't work there's just nothing that works for me yeah really nothing there that's that's a pretty broad statement but I understand so what do you do yeah it, I understand it's easy to get discouraged like okay well those things didn't work but what let's think about something that that might let's you know what can you do Right. What are you willing to do? And a lot of people, yeah. you know, diet and fail and diet and fail and diet and fail. And, and I call myself the anti-diet coach because I don't, I don't subscribe to diets in a sense. And, uh, and so it's like, well, let's learn what works for you. I mean, how many filaments did Thomas Edison have to go through before he invented the light bulb? Right. Yeah. And it was thousands. And he just said, okay, I've learned which ones don't work. Yeah. And the perseverance and the willingness to continue to show up and try again. And, and 
And people say, oh, I've tried all these diets and gained all the weight back. So I'm just a failure. It's like, no, you're not because you keep trying. Right. 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 And I think you kind of have to look outside and it's like, okay, well, the, there is something that is working here. Maybe the mm-hmm. diet itself is not working, but the fact that you keep trying, there's something inside of you in your character that, you know, hope works, you know, you still yeah. want that. You still have that desire. Right. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, um, so how can we develop ourselves to be more resilient, um, in the nutrition world in the fitness world from the skills that you've learned, um, in musical theater of going to so many auditions, hearing no, showing up, being there, um, because that's not only your choice, but that's also what drives you yeah. is wanting to get the part wanting to act your part act well um actually that brings to mind one thing that uh you told me in my coaching last year that i always write down by the way still you don't remember but i always write down how am i showing up today and what is it that i'm meant to say in this moment i think that comes back to some of your background of what you've shared with us today Mm-hmm. So coming full circle, how do we present those skills that you've learned there to, again, our nutrition, fitness, mindfulness, resiliency? There's a really good question. And I actually, I have it written down like on a, on a book, just so I can always have it in front of me is what do you want your, what would you like your body to do for you? What do you want your body to do for you? And you know, I, I think about that often, you know, when I'm making my own nutritional choices or I'm making my own decisions about whether I want to train today, um, is, you know, how do, how do I want to show up for myself? Right. What, what do I want to give to the world today? Kind of, what do I want to give to myself to give to the world today? If that makes any sense. Um, and, you know, I, I, I just, I use that, you know, how do I want to show up? Do I want to be sluggish? Do I want to feel proud about, you know, the decisions that I've made today? And I mean, maybe, I don't know, maybe this also has to do with me becoming a parent also, but it's like, I want to feel good and healthy because when I feel good and healthy, I'm a happier person. I'm a better parent Mm -hmm. to my daughter you know, maybe a little nicer to my husband. (laughs) Um, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question, but I guess, you know, in terms of like resilience, it's really, you know, it's so much of the time in so many different areas of coaching. It's like, it's taking a hard look at yourself and asking yourself, like, what do you want? There was a really there. I was listening to a podcast a while back, and somebody was talking about a nutrition client that they had, and they had lost a lot of weight. Like they went from like obese, like overweight, to you know, to to very healthy. And she kind of had this mantra that whenever she did have a craving or something, she would say to herself, "Well, what does what would a healthy person do?" And it's not like, what would a skinny person do? Or what would a person yeah. do on a diet? It's like, what would a healthy minded person do? Maybe they would have a little piece of chocolate, you know, and say, you know what? I had it and I feel good and I take responsibility for it. 
and that's it. You know, no big drama. It's not that mm-hmm. deep. Um, and so, yeah, it's just looking at yourself and taking responsibility for your actions. I think honoring too. And that's yeah. kind of what you were just talking about. Like just honor it. You know, we don't yeah. need, if you want something that maybe, you know, you don't feel aligned with or, or whatever, you can just honor that. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be this big dramatic, like self limiting. Yeah. Yeah. Like those are super big words instead of just using it as information and just honoring it. Like, Mm -hmm. Oh wow. I really want this piece of chocolate. I'm going to have this piece of chocolate. Now I've enjoyed my piece of chocolate and now I'm going to move on. Right. Like it doesn't have to be these, you know, it's like, I'm not the biggest fan of the term cheat meal because I feel like it has a negative connotation towards it. But if you want the piece of pizza and maybe that wasn't, you know, what you intended to have for dinner that night, well, just honor it, just honor it. And then just move on. It's like anything else. It's like anything else. You just honor it, right? Like we make choices all the time. Mm -hmm. I'm going to stay up late tonight because I'm enamored by this particular TV show. I'm not going to beat myself up over it. I'm just going to honor it. Yeah. I'm not going to get as much sleep tonight. I'm going to honor that for the, for tomorrow as well. Right. It's not, you know, we can't all fit ourselves into these boxes that we've, we've, we're trying to put ourselves in because our leg is going to pop out. Our heads are going to pop out. Our fingers are going to pop out. Like, and it's okay because life is not, life is not like that. And it's very fluid and, you know, just roll with it. But honor it, honor it for yourself. It's just, there's so much judgment and pressure, you know, about what we should do. And it's all, it's, it's all on us. So that's the thing that what we perceive this judgment and pressure to be is a very personal thing. Because again, we're going to all perceive this judgment and pressure a little bit differently, right? You probably had a different experience in your career of being, you know, the, the musical side of things. Well, that is nothing that I would ever judge myself on. Oh, you're a bad singer. No, like, yeah, okay, great. But right, but you might, you might think that throughout your career. Oh, I'm just, I'm no good. I'm not a good singer. And I'm not saying that you did, but right. But so we all are going to have these different values on ourselves, but we're putting ourselves in these boxes and we're telling ourselves we're either good or bad, you know, we're, we're right or wrong instead of just being comfortable with ourselves. Like there's no box, take yourself out of that. There's no such thing. Just be you and just honor that for yourself at all times. Because yeah. that's being honest. Yeah. I mean, and that's being I, truth. I, that's your that, truth. I imagine you, in all of your trainings, that you've found this research as well. But your brain wants to be right. Yeah. If you continue to tell it, I'm fat, I'm ugly. It doesn't matter how much weight you lose or what your body transformation is. When you look in the mirror, you're still going to see that. Yeah. Right. 100%. And this is what I noticed so much with, with, you know, nutrition clients is that, you know, they get so fixated on, you know, you know, doing it right all the time. And as soon as they slip up, as soon as they go to that birthday party or whatever, and they've, you know, in turn enjoyed themselves. Oh my God, they've enjoyed themselves. Um, they then, you know, everything has gone to shit. Everything, what they learned has been suddenly unlearned because they had a piece of fucking cake, you know? And And it's like, just walk into that birthday party knowing that, hey, I might have a piece of cake. I might have, you know, I might enjoy a few libations along the way. Like it's all good. It's just about honoring that for yourself and being honest with yourself. Because I think that that's a very, very, 
easy thing that we don't do is we're not honest with ourselves. And I know, you know, it can even come as to, well, I'm going to work out tomorrow and not working out. Well, now you've just showed yourself that you don't trust yourself. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that you should work out because you said it, but if you set the intention, if you set the intention, then just go, then just do it. Because every time you don't do it, you're not trusting yourself. And guess what yourself is understanding. I'm not a trustworthy person. I don't have this value. I don't have this honor. How can I be this person outside? If I'm not that person inside, you know, I'm going to wake up at 7am tomorrow. Okay. Then wake up at 7am, not 715. Just keep these little promises to yourself. And that is how to build a more resilient, you know, mind just by keeping your promises. I think one of the, um, the biggest mistakes that an alarm clock, whoever invented alarm clocks made was making a snooze button. Yes. Because <laughs> the snooze button is just an it's excuse. <laughs> it's, it's an excuse. It is. It's rewarding. <laughs> I have about eight alarms in the morning. I shut them all off. But it's a, it's a <laughs> fake, it's a fake reward. Right. Yeah. False yeah. reward because it it we actually end up more tired because of the way our bodies mm-hmm. work and rest and we don't we don't actually get any benefit from that. No, and as a matter of fact, your body enters another sleep cycle and then you've woken it up and now you're even more tired and more groggy and you're not like going through your day like oh, I'm so glad I got that extra 5 minutes. Like no, yeah. that's not even <laughs> it has nothing to do with anything, you know? And again, yeah. I think it just goes it seems like such a silly thing, but it goes back to making these little promises to yourself and just honoring that, you know? Yeah. It's like what you said about the birthday party. It's like, "Hey, don't tell yourself I'm not going to have a piece of cake." You don't know. So maybe don't say anything because then there's no promise there. You're not breaking something with yourself. And then what happens when we break our promises with ourselves? Then then the negative language comes. And we would never talk to anybody else like that, right? Like if we went to a party and Rebecca, you said to me, I'm not going to have a piece of cake. And then you had a piece of cake. I wouldn't be like, you mother, you told me you weren't going to put that down. (laughs) Put that cake down. Put it down. No, it would just be like, I knew she was going to have the cake. You know what I mean? Like she wasn't even truthful with herself, but I knew that, you know, like it's Mm. all good. It's all good. It's all okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I've been playing this game a lot with my wife. I said, I'm not going to do something. I'm not going to eat something. Uh, It's in front of my face. Maybe just a bite. Okay. One bite and I'll push it away. Still there. Okay. One more bite. No one's going to know. And I know I sabotage myself, um, but I also know when the point comes down to it, when my focus is enough, when I am really determined and disciplined enough, I will not have it. I'll have it sometimes in front, but I won't. And there's that just symbol. What is it that you were having? Like a sweet, like a sweet. I'm just curious. I didn't know if maybe it was like a piece of broccoli or like, you know, who knows what you're talking about? No, no, no. But um, early on in the nutrition journey, I did make a point that I'm not going to like, I I want a lot of my diet to be more fruits and vegetables, uh, mostly vegetables and that. And that's kind of what we turned to. That's what our menu turned into. It's not something that was normally cooked that often, like broccoli, cauliflower and other vegetables. But because I was so pointed on it, 
we did it. We made that change and much better for it. Well, you know, this is where, but this is where language matters, right? Because I, I usually encourage people instead of saying, I'm not going to do this. I mean, that's very black and white. There's, there's no middle ground and you give yourself no way to, to, (laughs) to change that. Fine. If you want to be decisive about it, I choose not to do that. Because then that's your power, then that's a choice. And there's not this pressure like, oh my gosh, I said I wasn't gonna, and now I really want to. And if I do, then right, I'm weak or whatever. So I yeah. it's a choice. And if you choose to, you know, if I choose not to and then I change my mind, that's okay too. Yeah. But it's a choice and I own it. Honor and it. Like you said, Rebecca, you gotta take responsibility. Yeah. And and that's a hard place for a lot of people to start. I think that's probably the most challenging that like taking that self responsibility and uh, but man, like when you can create that habit and like practice it and practice it well, right. It's Mm -hmm. like, you know, so many factors of your life can. Yeah. Wait a minute, you know, eating until I'm 80% full. How does that, make me more disciplined at work well you know mm-hmm. or whatever but it really does it's all interconnected and it's just yeah. really interesting i and i and i believe or i perceive it to be more you know when we talk about resiliency you know in that i think that that does go to that like most of our nutrition journey or fitness journey it all just is it, it is a controlled resiliency and so the more that we can control our outcome the more resilient we become and what what we as our human beings don't like to do is be uncomfortable. Our ego doesn't want us to be uncomfortable. Nobody wants us to be uncomfortable. And so the more that you can push yourself beyond comfortable, the more resilient you become. And so if you're comfortable eating to 120% full, the thought of eating 80% full is mind boggling. It's something you don't want to do because it's very uncomfortable. Yeah. The other side of that is that eating to 120% full is also really uncomfortable, but it's a different type. And that's mm-hmm. not the kind that we perceive. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like getting eight out, like prioritizing eight hours of sleep might be uncomfortable because I'm, I'm missing out. But at the other side of that, you're controlling yourself and you're getting resilient with that every single time. Every time you can control your little stressors, you're getting more resilient, staying to finish your workout. Now, if you're not injured, if there's no reason for you not to stay and you tell yourself, fuck off, I'm staying anyways, you're being more resilient. Every single time you are building a little bit more resilience within yourself. And that is the proverbial better person because you're trusting yourself and you're pushing yourself within your own limitations, of course. Yeah, because it's your choice. That's right. Right. That's right. But you have to make yourself uncomfortable. Like that to me yeah. is the number one piece. You you really have, I mean, CrossFit is not comfortable. There's nothing comfortable about CrossFit except for when you're done. That's the only comfortable thing. <laughs> but right, like it, it's uncomfortable and that's okay because it's a controlled, it's a controlled way of, of you stressing yourself and making yourself super duper uncomfortable. Yeah. And then the other side of that is you do get comfortable. Yeah. You know? And you just like, you know, in everything that we've, we're talking about now, it's, you know, um, I truly believe you start to like love yourself in just such a different way. And the mirror, when you look in the mirror, it's like, you are not 
you're looking so far beyond your physical appearance, your whatever you see there, Mm -hmm. you know, um, you're looking at yourself in the eyes, right? And that's so much more profound than looking at your stomach or your thighs or whatever, you know, is just glaring at you, you know, what was glaring at you before. And um, it it just makes life and the people in your life, it just, it it paints a different picture of how you Mm -hmm. exist. When you can see yourself, because we all see beauty, right? And we all know a beautiful person when we see one. It's a personal thing. Beauty is a personal, it's how we perceive it. But you know, you when you see a, bird, a beautiful person, you're not talking about their legs. You're not talking about their butt. You're not talking about, you know, whatever. You're seeing them as this whole person. Mm-hmm. So if you can see beauty in other people, then you should see beauty in yourself and not fixate on the nose or the pimple or the, you know, whatever, like look and see that beauty within and be a part of that. And something that I was going to ask you before, I just was reminded of that going through your childhood, the way that you did, did it become your identity? hundred percent. Like musical theater you're talking about. Yeah. hundred percent. Was it limiting to you? hundred percent. Yes. And the thing is, it was that, what I always, what I, what I was saying is that, you know, it's all I know. It's all that I know, you know, I know how to sing, dance and act and I can, you know, give me, give me, like I can recite Shakespeare properly, you know, like, and I, and I, and I enjoy it, you know? Um, but, um, I identified so strongly with it. But it was like, I mean, I'm identifying myself with something that's exterior, you know, how well I sang today. I measure myself up to how well I sang at the audition. You know, if I sing shit, then I'm a shit person. If I sing well, then I'm great, you know, and it's like the whole mood, the whole mood, you know, is then dictated um, or a performance or whatever it is. Um, I can definitely say that now it's much different, much different. And how does that transfer over to your daughter now? Well, to my daughter, I mean, it's funny because I had a parent, te- my like first parent teacher preschool sum up yesterday. And, um, you know, one thing that, she's sorry, one thing, sorry, I have a small dog. Just in the beast. Sure, sure. <laughs> I was wondering what that sound was. I'm just I it was my stomach. to see if he wakes up. I've got a 75 pounder over here, 34 oh. kilos and he's... <laughs> Unplussed. I thought it was my stomach. So, <laughs> no, it's, it's a tiny little Yorkie that sounds like a Doberman. But, anyways, I'm sorry, I apologize about that. Um, uh, how does it translate to my daughter now? You know, my daughter is a pretty incredible kid. She's 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 a kind of a dreamer. She talks about me- like memories. You know, do you remember when I was a baby? Yes, I do remember when you were a baby. You know. Um, <laughs> to you. Uh, um, but you know, I, I, I want her to, to live and grow up seeing me and maybe, you know, following in these footsteps of just being present, you know, with herself, loving loving herself and just, you know, 
you know, she sees me work out, you know, she's always at the the box with me and she sees other women working out. So that's really, that's really important to me. Um, and, but just, you know, like understanding, you know, what joy is Mm. and feeling joy and understanding, you know, hard work and perseverance and going through challenges, you know, um, and getting out, getting out on the other side of it, um, and seeing what, you know, what happens when you can, you know, get out from the other side of a, I don't know, of a workout, you know, and, uh, yeah. And still love yourself. Still love yourself and honor yourself and take responsibility and be honest. Mm -hmm. And I think that especially, you know, I was, listening to a podcast and it really struck me, you know, I think that, you know, I always say this, I know they've heard me say this, but we have a great responsibility to our youth right now because there's so many different challenges out there. Not to say that we didn't have challenges because we certainly did, but especially, and I don't want to categorize it just for the women, but I think we all know that society sort of shows us what we should be and who we should be and how we should show up but that's not who I want my daughter to be. And I doubt that's who you want your daughter to be. And, you know, I was at recently, I was at a little, um, I was at a, uh, a little birthday party. It was my daughter's first birthday. My daughter's five. So she just started school. We had the whole parent teacher thing. Like it's pretty awesome. And, you know, there was a bunch of parents there and through no fault of their own, one of them was like, well, I thought my kid was going to be more, you know, I thought her, her handwriting was going to be better, but it's kind of regressed a little. And the other mom was like, oh, I thought she'd be way better at math or reading. And, you know, so there's like three or four and I'm the new mom at the school. And they said, Tiffany, what do you think? And I was like, I was like, to be honest, this may be unpopular, but I don't care about any of that because she's five. And what I care most about in this world, I could care less about her academics. Truly her academics will always follow. I care more about who the person she is and how she shows up in this world. That's it. Period. End of story. And I will model that for her. I know having a baby changed my life in so many profound ways. I just model that for her and hope that she too well, and if you know my daughter, she does, but right. Like, and, mm-hmm. and now, you know, they're, they're going to have all these challenges that we didn't face because of our society, the way that it is. They're so, they're so immersed in things that don't matter and things that aren't real where yeah. we never were. We still played outside. Yeah. We our didn't daughters, have any of that. Yeah, yeah. And not to say that they won't still play outside, but the, the point is, is that their peers probably aren't playing outside or they're going to be, you know, exposed to so many different things at such different ages that we never were. And so one of the things that I started doing with my daughter when she started school was I just, and she took right to it, but she gets in the, um, into the mirror and we, and I kind of showed her how we say kind of good gratitude, you know, sort of things to ourselves. and she does it. And then she high fives herself and she starts her day. And I don't care if it doesn't mean anything, but right now she's willing to do it and she's open to do it. I tell her to say three things. Sometimes she says five and she looks at herself while she does it. And she tells me, mama, can we do that? And then I do it with her. And so if nothing else, she goes to school feeling maybe a tiny bit more empowered. And maybe it means nothing to her at five, but when she's nine, maybe it will. Yeah. When she's 16, maybe it will, you yeah. know? And these are the only things that we can control in my opinion. You yeah. know, we can't control their outside. You know, they're gonna face challenges and I'm all for it. I'm all for her facing challenges because that's how we become 
resilient. Yeah, exactly. It's like my daughter, you know, we, we have, um, my husband's from Spain. We live in Germany. I'm Canadian. So it's like English is kind of like the preferred language here in the house. And cause my husband and I speak English together, but you know, she has these two other languages and Germans coming along. But, you know, yesterday when I was having this like talk with this teacher, I was like, you know, like, is she, is she good? Like, is she, is she happy? <laughs> you know, just, just, you know, how's her heart when she's in the, in the yeah. kids or the preschool. And cause we know what her heart is like when she's home. Yes. She has issues sometimes, but it's like, I think that she's a long, child. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. As, as long as I can model, like you were saying, Tiffany, just, you know, being healthy, whole, like, you know, holistic with myself and, she knows she sees that her mom loves herself and she takes care of herself and she takes responsibility for all of the choices that I make, right. then I'm just hoping and praying that that translates over mm. to to her. And it will, because it's that self-love piece. Yeah. And it's funny that you say that because I had, um, I had my daughter's parent conference and my ego, cause that's what I, I try to label it now. Right. And my ego so wanted to ask my ask her teacher if Lucy had the most healthy lunches because to me it's so important and like but I didn't ask because it's such a it's not even like again going back to that healthy question right but I so my ego wanted to ask so much and I was like but I'm not giving Lucy lunches for other kids to see I'm giving Lucy her lunch for Lucy because that's what Mm. she likes to eat and that's how she eats not for anybody else and it's literally this little wheel of conversation in my head where it's like dude what are like you don't give yeah. her lunches to show everyone else how good your lunches are, right? <laughs> I'm not like everyone, look at Lucy's lunch. No, yeah. Lucy eats her lunch and she brings it home and she says it was great, right? Like, yeah, she has her kiwis and her, you know, she has two fruits and a vegetable all the time, like, and she enjoys it. So what do yeah. I care? But it's funny yeah. because we want that feedback, but it's it's so not productive, but we still yeah. want it because our egos want it. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so where can people find you, Rebecca? <sighs> Yeah, because um, I'm coming over, so please. <laughs> yeah, that's right. What's your address? In Berlin, Germany. Um, no, you, they can, you can come onto my website at um, reframe-lifecoaching.com. Okay. Um, can I just, I can send you the link and everything you can. Yep, we'll link it all. You, yeah, you we'll can also, I will also send the link to the um, escape, the gym escape is CrossFit. So if anybody that listens to you lives in Germany or is coming to Berlin traveling, and traveling they can come over to the box. And uh, yeah, that's where you can find me. This podcast was produced by Julie, Tiffany, and myself. Keep updated for the latest deep health, nutritious conversations. If you're already successful in the health and well-being industry, a coach, practitioner, trainer, and other related career passions with a thriving business and have an interesting story, we'd love to hear from you. 